0: Hello and welcome to this week's edition of Murphy's Market Minute uh, with Elliot Omansson and Rip. We uh, hope you all had a wonderful and joyous Easter holiday. Um, its uh, I think today is actually the first day since Easter that actually feels like spring. It was pretty chilly and cold. Um, we uh, uh, had uh, kind of two different Easter's at our house. One was our friends on Saturday and one was our family on Sunday. And, uh, it was pretty fantastic uh we had about 16 kids over on saturday doing an easter egg hunt and then uh, had our extended family over on sunday and you know it's kind of funny i uh previous to being deployed and missing those holidays i don't think i really ever valued them um, but after uh, missing my first christmas uh, overseas i've come to really appreciate uh, those opportunities to get together and uh and just have that, you know, have those moments. So anyways, um, you know, we've, I, I, I seem to constantly be talking about different narratives that are in the media. Um, sometimes they can be self-fulfilling. I remember uh, back when, um, I think his name's uh, uh, Mohammed Ibrahim uh, who uh, at the time was head of the fifth largest asset manager on the planet. Uh, penned a letter back in 2018 uh, begging the American media uh, to stop with their idea that the uh, trade war with China was going to result in an economic collapse. Um, and he actually said that if they kept on that path of their um, pushing, driving their narrative, that they would actually create a self-fulfilling prophecy and, and harm the entire global economic infrastructure. And so um, we watched We watched the markets tumble um, and we lost over 20% uh, and um, there was a lot of volatility leading up to that moment um, where it would be reported that a deal with China had been reached and the media would claim it was a lie and then the ambassador in China would come out and say, no, it's not, we've reached a deal And, um, and then the markets would go back up and then something else would happen, like the CFO of Huawei was arrested in Canada, and the media runs the stories that uh, that's going to derail the trade agreement, and the market's plummet again, and this just went back and forth till we lost significantly, and, and what I said at that time was when, once the fourth quarter earnings reports would come out, um, you would see that turn around, right? And, and it did, and it took a while, right? And that was, it was difficult to stomach, not as difficult maybe as... as Uh, some of these downturns as of late all right but today fast forward and again it's it's doom and gloom it's always doom and gloom and and the new narrative is recession right and you'll hear lots of people talking about a recession right Um, and they're talking about that recession um, coming due to soaring inflation right we hit 8.5% I think or 8.9 I think that's a 40-year high Uh, not yeah inflation yeah um, and Goldman Sachs placed the odds of a recession the next year at 15% in the next two years at a 35% chance. Uh, and so just to define a recession, that's two consecutive quarters of negative growth in a country's gross domestic product, all right? And it's not just the Wall Street banks. Uh, Google searches in the U.S. for how to prepare for a recession have nearly tripled in the last week. Uh, that's according to Neil Dutta, head of economics at Renaissance Macro Research. Uh, citing Google Trends data. all right? Um, now one interesting to note is that could just be that they're hitting an apex like like things climb and then the worry starts to drop, right? Um, and so what's interesting about this though, and Dutta even talks about is how disconnected the worries of or the worry of recession is from the strength in economic data. Okay. And so most U.S. reports have painted a picture of an economy that is still firing uh, on all cylinders. Okay. Non-farm payrolls increased by an average of uh, 550,000 jobs per month in the first quarter of this year, followed by an average growth of more than 600,000 per month in the fourth quarter. All right. And so Dutta says that's barely consistent with a slowdown, let alone a recession. And I spoke last week about uh, consumer sentiment, all right, which is still off from its pre-pandemic levels but is up uh, 11%, all right, uh, compared to the prior months, uh, which was a 10-year low, okay? So consumer sentiment's climbing, uh, unemployment's dropping, um, purchase orders are still significant, right? And a large part of this is also, as I said earlier, is that uh, households and corporations in America have significant um, money in the bank to help offset um, the impact of inflation and any kind of uh, actual uh, inflationary impacts, right? Um, So there are, (laughs) Uh, some other things on the other side of scale. So I always like to try and present things from uh, what's positive and what's negative, right? So Goldman Sachs uh, have, um, they state that 11 out of 14 Fed tightening cycles, right, where they raise interest rates uh, since World War II have been followed by a recession within two years, all right? And the Fed this year has already begun to raise those interest rates and signaling its intent uh, to begin what's called quantitative tightening and that's just, they have nine trillion of assets, they're carrying nine trillion of our debt, and they wanna shed some of that, all right? So, a lot of people think that that, that, that aggressive tightening is uh, combined with inflation is gonna uh, create this recession, all right? Um, now, a lot of people aren't exactly sure when. Some are thinking 2022, some are saying 23, some are even saying 2024. Well, it's hard not to be right when I tell you all the time something bad's coming and I give you a huge window of three years in which it can happen, there's probably a significantly likelihood that two quarters of the next three years, GDP will slow down, and all those people will get to go on all the talking shows on all your cable networks and pat themselves on the back and talk about what economic geniuses they are. Okay? Um, So, just to kind of wrap this up right companies are hiring businesses are expanding people are working they're spending money walmart (laughs) is offering astronomical paychecks for people who will come and drive and deliver groceries right they wouldn't be able to do that if people weren't able to afford the groceries and weren't ordering the groceries they're even starting programs to train you and get you the certifications you need in order to be able to do the job. Like everywhere we look, we see hiring signs. That's not indicative generally of a coming recession. So there are indicators on one side of the scale. There's a lot of indicators on the other. Um, I know I probably seem like I'm always on the optimism side of things. Um, But again, it's just because I'm always looking for like legitimate economic reasons for uh, one of these negative things to occur, all right? Now also, you have to separate the general economy and GDP from the market. Um, uh, A few weeks ago I talked about how um, a majority of the time as the Fed raises interest rates, the market actually goes up, all right? So it is possible to even have a a recession and still have the market do well. So uh, these things aren't always necessary in alignment with each other, all right? So just wanted to kind of give you guys a little bit of a rundown. Um, We're going to start producing some additional videos, talk about some other things. Uh, They might be a little bit more interesting. Uh, If you have suggestions of other things you'd like for me to talk about, uh, feel free to always send them in to us. Uh, We love uh, constructive criticism. So until uh, next week, this is Elliot and Sleepy Rip signing off.